The Denver Broncos offseason free agency acquisitions have come up big for this Denver Broncos team early on in the season, specifically on the defense. What type of impact has Randy Gregory, DJ Jones, K1 Williams, and Alex Singleton had early on? Well, it's been a big one. We'll dive into that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts in audio format or whether you're watching us on YouTube. Do us a favor, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe or that follow button so you never miss a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content coverage, and more every single day all year long from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos beat reporter from Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, look, the Broncos begin their preparation for the San Francisco 49ers, but I felt like, and you felt like as well, we both mutually felt like it would be remiss not to talk about the impact that we've seen early on through two games from some of the Broncos' biggest offseason acquisitions and specifically guys that have stepped up on the defensive side of the ball here in 2022 to start, my friend. So, you know, hey, let's start things off here with Randy Gregory, who initially at first, I think both you and I and a majority of Broncos country were kind of skeptical of the move. We were saying, hey, this is a big risk by George Payton because of Randy Gregory's history of being unavailable. I tell you what, he He's been everything as advertised and more, and I'm eating a little bit of crow here two weeks on into the season. I think a lot of people are, Cody, which uh, is great to see. I think we love being wrong about these kind of things, or at least maybe you know having the ability to go out and see Randy Gregory play as well as he has with you know Von Miller that opening opening night game against the LA Rams. Right, everybody's like, oh man, like how did how did you not re-sign Von Miller? Or how did you not bring Von Miller back in? But then Randy Gregory goes out, has the big forced fumble against the Seattle Seahawks, has a strip sack in Week Two against the Houston. Texans. Cody, the only complaint I have is that, man, if only Randy Gregory had gotten some opportunities in the preseason, maybe he'd be playing a little better. No, uh, that obviously tongue-in-cheek there, okay? (laughs) Preseason doesn't matter. for Randy Gregory didn't even practice in training camp. We were talking about that a little bit last night. So, obviously, you know, that's some evidence, one direction for a guy going out there, being able to play at a high level even without those practices or preseason games. But certainly, Randy Gregory has been worth everything the Broncos paid to get him he's helped this team to five forced fumbles obviously he's got two of them but five forced fumbles Cody you had an interesting note that you pointed out to me yesterday that I think it's worth talking about because one reason you acquire Randy Gregory is to force more turnovers he was very good at that with the Dallas Cowboys the last couple of seasons and he's helping the Broncos obviously they haven't been able to force those turnovers the fumbles are not bouncing their way but Randy Gregory is helping them in a big way in that particular category well in 2021 the Broncos defense only forced six total fumbles through two weeks of the NFL season here in 2022 the Broncos defense has forced five fumbles so they are one forced fumble away from actually being and matching last year's output 
quote-unquote, which I think is a very promising sign for this defense. And one thing that Ejiro Avril, Broncos defensive coordinator, has said about Randy Gregory after the Seattle Seahawks game is, you know, once he gets fully football conditioned, he's going to be even better, which is kind of scary to think about at this point in time. But the thing that stands out, outside of just the relentless pursuit at, at trying to get after the quarterback, the big impact plays, the forced fumbles, his size and speed on the on the field. I mean, when you factor in the both things, like he's unbelievably tall. He's unbelievably massive as a human being. And the way that he can move is unbelievable as well. And he absolutely destroyed Davis Mills in the fourth quarter on a big time sack. I mean, I think just the, that's the thumbnail picture here for today's Lockdown Broncos episode on YouTube. Uh, and he just absolutely demolished him. Ball came out. It was one of those big time hits, kind of like what we saw with Elvis Doomerville back in the day on Tom Brady. Kind of a level setting hit there. But, you know, I think that there's an argument that could be made. When you look at the Broncos defensively, and this isn't an indictment on any other player on the defense, but Randy Gregory seems like he's been the most physical player on the football field, and he's constantly just trying to cause havoc. And that's one thing I really like. You know, we, we you mentioned it. Von Miller, high motor as always, as we know, and we've seen him dominate so far through two weeks of the NFL regular season. But Randy Gregory's impact is a little bit different, and I think it complements his defense really, really well. It does. And what we're seeing from him, that's really nice as well to me, Cody, is we're seeing him rush off both sides. I mean, he's coming off the right side. He's coming off the left side and he's making plays from both. He's playing, you know, from the backside pursuit. He's making tackles for loss. He's doing all these things, getting pressures. I know pro football focus has been really complimentary of his pass rush win rate up to this point. So certainly Randy Gregory is doing his part out there to help this Denver Broncos defense, which is important to note. I know that, I mean, the sky is falling for a lot of people in Broncos country right now. (laughs) But the Broncos are top five against the pass. They are top five against the run. They are number one in red zone defense, at least tied for it in in terms of allowing teams to score in the red zone. They haven't given up anything in the red zone. So certainly there's a lot to be focused on for the positive for the Denver defense. And Randy Gregory has been a huge reason for that. Obviously, the the Broncos are also rotating in guys like Baron Browning. And we saw Jonathan Cooper a little bit week one. It's been really great to see, though, Randy Gregory coming out a big money free agent acquisition somebody that didn't really necessarily like like you talked about didn't necessarily have the greatest history of production because of availability whether he was injured or suspended now he's come in two games for the denver broncos a forced fumble in each game the big strip sack on davis mills and now we have high expectations going into week three against the san francisco 49ers that he's going to make life tough for jimmy garoppolo and that's the hope, too. And he's got a lot of experience as well against the San Francisco 49ers as a player. One thing that stood out to me, and I don't, I don't know how many Broncos fans realize this, but I believe it was on the final drive the Texans had. The Broncos had a very unique pass rush package out there on the field. They had Baron Browning at the ed- outside linebacker position. They had Bradley Chubb playing defensive end. DJ Jones playing on the interior. And Randy Gregory on the opposite side. That's scary. That is a quarterback's nightmare. That's a defensive coordinator's wet dream. It is a fun thing to kind of envision if the Broncos get a little bit more creative with how they can do certain things with these stunt packages. I'm excited to see it pan out, but Randy Gregory has probably had the biggest impact early on for this Denver Broncos football team, but there's been some other players that have had a big time impact for the Broncos, including a pair of former San Francisco 49ers, and ironically enough, it is 49ers week. We'll get to that coming up here 
in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about LinkedIn, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And as you gear for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people that you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Two impact players for the Denver Broncos that came over in NFL free agency. George Payton making some moves to bolster the Broncos defense. DJ Jones and Kwan Williams, two San Francisco 49ers, former 49ers players that ironically enough, they'll face their former team this week. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast and audio format or whether you're watching us on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that like button and also comment for the algorithm. Share us your thoughts down below on your thoughts on the impact players so far, Randy Gregory, DJ Jones, and K1 Williams. But Sarah, I, you know, ironically enough, these guys have come under the microscope a little bit here as the Broncos approach week three, hosting their former team, the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football. We've had some 49ers fans pop into the comments to say, you know, they've really missed having guys like DJ Jones and K1 Williams early on and that they really valued them and their time there. So a little bit of a different reception by 49ers fans rather than like some of the other players that, you know, Denver got from the Seattle Seahawks. We've seen some good love from 49ers fans here this week on the show. We have. And incidentally, we did see a few. I at least saw this on Twitter a couple times, Cody, that Seahawks fans were kind of rejoicing after they played the Broncos and got the win. They were like, all right, finally, we don't have to play against DJ Jones anymore. Apparently, he was a problem for them when he was a part of the 49ers playing the Seahawks twice a year. So getting to see him in week one, maybe a little PTSD for DJ Jones <laughs> against the Seattle Seahawks there. So uh, they were relieved to not have to play him anymore. And I think the 49ers are going to be bummed that they have to play him because they're obviously down at the running back position a little bit. And DJ Jones is one of those guys, Cody, that I feel like he can really help take away balance for an opposing team's offense. And we did see in the first couple of weeks, Rashad Penny and Damian Pierce, they each had a few really, you know, respectable runs. But for the most part, it seems like the, the teams the Broncos have faced haven't really been able to find consistency in the running game. They've had a couple of big plays, maybe 10, 10 yards here, 11 yards here, 15 yards there. But for the most part, I feel like DJ Jones has really done his thing in terms of creating havoc on the inside. And th- it's just been great to see, right? He's so physical in there. He gets such a, he's got that low center of gravity, right? He's maybe six foot, six one, something like that. So he gets low, he gets that pad level advantage and he's able to just kind of toss guys aside. He's so strong. So watching him on the all 22 has has been a blast. I've really enjoyed having him as part of the Broncos and it's been great to see, you know, we knew coming in, he wasn't like a sack artist or anything like that, but it's been great to see 97 coming through and being in the backfield 
quite a few times so far early this season. Well, and we know in the offseason, too, he said some of his goals, you know, to be able to get to five sacks on the season, that'd be a career high for him. He says he's really hoping to get there. But as you as you mentioned, spot on. Like the things that I've seen about DJ Jones, his first initial step, like if he's going to commit to a gap, he shoots it really quickly and has gotten in the backfield. And in my opinion, I feel like there's been times where he's been held and it hasn't been called by the officials on certain plays there. But when you have a player like DJ Jones who's able to shoot inside of a gap that quickly and disrupt things, especially if there's a pull play, you're disrupting the offense's ability to maybe secure and block another guy. So it forces, even though if DJ Jones doesn't necessarily come up with the tackle, he's allowing another guy to come free to make the tackle, which is doing his job on the defensive interior. And he's making the job easier for the inside linebackers that Denver has as well. So he's playing his role very, very tightly. On the season, he's got seven tackles in two games. We mentioned the disruptions. He has two quarterback pressures, which I imagine, I think one of these times, Sarah, we're going to see him get home. And what better way to see him get home than maybe sacking Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday Night Football? That's something I think I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing. I know Broncos country is as well. But let's talk about another former San Francisco 49er, and that is K1 Williams, who came over in the offseason to replace Bryce Callahan inside the nickel. And I know that through the first couple of weeks, Broncos fans have been watching the Chargers play, and they're like, oh man, Bryce Callahan, how come they didn't re-sign him? I mean, they could have signed him for cheap at that point. And you can maybe make an argument on there, but let's not take away from what K1 Williams has done so far early on the season. He has been as advertised as a stout defensive player against the run, and I just can't recall what happened in Houston, but there was one play where I saw him scream upfield and just absolutely blast a dude as hard as he can. I think that the I think it was a tight end or a dump off, and the tight end only picked up one yard there, so he's been very, very efficient from the early onset inside the nickel, extra run support, especially when the Broncos transition to some of that dime he's a key guy for them there and I think he's lived up to the hype there he's done a really good job early on he really has you know pro football reference credits him with allowing four receptions for just 13 yards so far this season so to your point about the play against I believe it was Farrell Brown I think you're yep. I think you're exactly right Cody Farrell Brown caught a ball outside and it looked like he had plenty of room to run and then Kwan Williams just comes into the frame like a bullet and he just knocked he kind of reminded me a little bit of Kareem Jackson there in in a way you know just the way that he kind of screamed into the TV frame and made the tackle and, and he is a veteran out there so yes would it be nice to have the extra depth of Bryce Callahan absolutely but like you said there's no taking away from what K1 Williams has done obviously in passes thrown into his coverage he's being credited with only giving up about three yards a reception at this point on six targets too so it's not like every pass is being caught that's going his direction he's doing his job he's got a tackle for loss he had the big hit against Houston to me he's done a great job and remember when we talked early on we got the quote from uh, Eric Crocker of the, the Locked On 49ers. He talked about he, he keeps everything in front of him. He does a great job keeping everything in front of him. The one area you got to kind of worry about is him getting beat deep. Well, through two games, we haven't seen that. So we'll see if he gets tested that way against a team that knows him well in the 49ers. But so far, so good for Kwan Williams. A really nice budget-friendly pickup for the Broncos at the nickel. And he's been really good. A key part of a top-five pass defense. 
And I think he can continue just building on what he's done well. And I'm glad that you brought up him going against his former team because, as you mentioned, they know him a little bit better than anybody else at this point. They may try to attack some areas where they feel like he had some weaknesses when he was a member of the 49ers. I'll be eager to see how he responds to that, though. And I'm sure we'll, we'll have a nice little fun preview with our good friends Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker on Thursday's episode, Lockdown Broncos Crossover Thursday. We break down the big-time game on Sunday Night Football. Looking forward to that one there, Sarah. But coming up here in just a moment, Broncos country, there's been one unsung hero so far through two games for the Broncos defense, another key free agent offseason acquisition that many people in Broncos country, I'm not sure if they understand his role or his capacity inside the defensive scheme. We'll talk about Alex Singleton's early rise here through two weeks coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about BetOnline.net, the sponsor of today's episode, Locked on Broncos. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Alex Singleton has been an unsung hero for the Broncos defense through two weeks of NFL action. We break down a little bit more detail as to what Broncos country needs to know about Singleton and kind of addressing the myth about the Broncos inside linebackers and covering tight ends. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much. Sarah, let's talk about Alex Singleton. Now, I've seen some things on Twitter for the first couple of weeks of the NFL season, and anytime there is is a receiver or a tight end that catches the ball in the middle of the field area. Everyone's always instant gut reaction. Oh my gosh, the Broncos inside linebackers can't cover the tight ends. I don't I don't know if people understand what this defensive scheme is. I mean, it's the same variation that we saw with Vic Fangio. And in Vic Fangio's defense, did we see inside linebackers matched up one-on-one with tight ends? No, it was a seldom thing. Maybe happened once every 10, 14 games. There might be a situation where they have to cover a tight end or help, depending on whether it's man or zone coverage. But primarily, when the Broncos are running man coverage, they are man-aligned against a running back. So, for example, if you have two linebackers in the game, Alex Singleton's on the right side and Jonas Griffith or Joe Jewell, let's say they're on the left side. If the running back, for example, is on Alex Singleton's side, if that guy swings out or leaks out to the right side, he has to play him as man. If that running back comes underneath the formation, goes to the other side, that man responsibility transitions to Josie Jewell or Jonas Griffith at that standpoint. That's what the Broncos defensive scheme is here. Now, I think for Alex Singleton, he's kind of been a guy that was picked on in a sense by Broncos fans because there were some receivers and tight ends catching passes and the underneath in the middle of the field there. I think one thing you can do is just get deeper depth on that. And I think that if we can make any kind of argument, I would say in week one against the Seattle Seahawks, it wasn't Alex Singleton who struggled against the pass. It was Jonas Griffith a little bit. He just had his eyes on the quarterback a little too long and he made good adjustments against the Houston Texans in week two. But he has been everywhere all over the field filling in for Josie Jewell. He's been coming up against the run. He's been stepping wide, flowing sideline to sideline. Line. Going back and watching the tape, Alex Singleton has been a standout player on the defensive side of the ball. 
He has. And that's really well said, Cody, everything that you just described. I think Broncos country will be better for knowing that too, and able to watch for those things during the game. I mean, it's hard. I saw a lot of people on Twitter really upset after it's hard to fault a guy when Brandon cooks is the guy that's coming across <laughs> the middle and you're a linebacker trying to cover. That's a tough matchup. So you got to give kudos to the opposing offensive coordinator in that case for creating that matchup, not necessarily. Well, why is Alex Singleton covering Brandon cooks? Like you mentioned, he's just doing his, responsibility out there and it's a great scheme by the offense to get a receiver like that open against a linebacker regardless of who it is I don't think Josie Jewell or Jonas Griffith or maybe not even Fred Warner is covering Brandon Cook's one-on-one Cody so I think that you definitely have a matchup issue there but Alex Singleton leading the team in tackles through two games he's made a couple of pass breakups he had the really nice blitz against Seattle that was just this close to being a sack against Geno Smith I think that there's a lot more positive to look at with Singleton. And we mentioned this in our uh, game, game balls when we give giving away game balls after the Houston Texans victory. The fact that Alex Singleton is out there handling the primary communication duties with both Josie Jewell and now Justin Simmons being out. It's impressive to see what he's been able to do. Of course, early on in training camp, all the talk was he's the he's a backup special teamer. And that's it. And now he's been thrust into the starting role. And now you're looking forward, kind of wondering, okay, when Josie Jewell comes back, Jonas Griffith with the elbow, are you going to rotate these guys? Is Alex Singleton going to play still, or is he going to be relegated to backup duty? What are you going to do with these guys when Josie Jewell is back and able to be healthy and play? Because so far, Singleton doesn't look like a guy that you really want to take off the field. I think that's a great point, and that's something I'm wondering. I mean, what do the Broncos do? Do they maybe change up certain personnel packages in situations? I feel like one benefit that we've seen from Alex Singleton, he actually has some pretty good speed at the inside linebacker position. Now, one thing the Texans did, and I imagine some other teams are going to try to do this, and especially if you know George Kittle is healthy for the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday Night Football, what the Texans did really well, and it was a design to kind of just free up the middle of the field. They were running multiple, like two to three person crossing patterns at different levels of the field. You know how hard that is for a linebacker who's dropping to cover a middle hook zone. That's tough because you have to essentially decide and commit to one guy, meaning that there's going to be two other guys that are going to have a little bit of space in between the next defender that have a little bit of opening and a really good quarterback. If he's smart, he understands where to go with the right one. That's just, you know, that's no man's land in a sense for a lot of linebackers. And we see it. That's just how the NFL rules have kind of expanded offensive play. It's very hard to play defense because you really can't get hands on guys past five yards and I think that's a huge issue for inside linebackers because often at times that's why we see the middle of the field attacked vertically we also see those crossing patterns that happen there Uh, but that's a great point like what do the Broncos do like for Josie Jewell he hasn't played in the first two regular season games. I was watching him in pregame warmups against the Texas. I actually thought he was going to go based on how well he looked like he was moving. But to my understanding, the Broncos want to get him through practice fully all throughout the week. So on you know for Wednesday, we'll see if he's a full participant in practice. If he is, I think that's a good sign of saying, hey, Josie Jewell is back. We're going to pull the John Wick. I'm thinking I'm back. Uh, but Josie, I think, is a great impact player for the Broncos there. There may be times we see Josie and Alex Singleton maybe in passing situations versus you know, a guy like Alex Singleton and Jonas Griffith. I'll be very intrigued to see 
what Ajiro Evro does this week against the visiting San Francisco 49ers. But I also want to say something too about Singleton. Remember he was brought in as well to be a backup linebacker, contributing depth, a guy that maybe you could rely on if you needed him to start, which he has been that so far. But primarily you brought him in to be on the special team side of the ball. He went from playing 10 snaps on special teams against the Seattle Seahawks to only playing one snap of special teams against the Houston Texans. So maybe with the return of Josie Jewell, now you can throw a guy like Alex Singleton who's going to be an impact player on special teams back on those units on the core four to see how things adjust a little bit. So I'll be intrigued to see what Dwayne Stukes does this week as well. But Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Lockdown Broncos on your favorite audio podcasting platform or whether you watch us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe to that follow button so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, coverage, and more. And if you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that like button down below, comment for the algorithm. We appreciate you so much. Tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Broncos is going to be a crossover Thursday where you're going to have Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker of the Lockdown 49ers podcast joining us to break down Sunday's big time matchup, prime time action, Sunday night football. You get that much more tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.